Hello there, and welcome to the podcast, Biblical Questions. We are excited you've taken time out of your day to download this podcast and to listen to it. We certainly hope that you are edified, Christ will be glorified, and that you will tell your friends and family about us, and that we can continue to grow in our listener base. Today we're going to try to answer some questions that were emailed in through our webpage at biblicalquestion.com, all lowercase, all one word. And there you can submit your questions as well, find out more about us, find ways of supporting us, and uh, we pray that uh, you will do that. There is a prayer request page there, and if you're a prayer warrior, I, I please uh, go there and check on it. I realize sometimes uh, that it's not updated on a daily or weekly basis, but as we get requests, they are added. And so some of these people have gone a long ways uh, in foreign countries. They've walked uh, to an internet cafe to download our podcast, and they have taken the time to email us, and that costs them money uh, that you and I in the Western world probably don't understand uh, internet cafe unless you've actually been into a third world country or second world country where the internet is not readily available. And so again, uh, please visit our webpage there. You can also find uh, our link LinkedIn uh, and Twitter accounts. And if you would follow us uh, on those as well, that would be great. Occasionally we post uh, things that have to do with Christianity around the world when we find something we believe it is worthwhile and reading. So I would encourage you to do that as well. Again, we're going to try to answer uh, several questions today. And so bear with me as we go through this. Um, I get comments occasionally that they like the question and answers, but they don't have any questions. They just like listening. And we appreciate positive comments. It, it encourages us uh, as well. And we do pray for all of our listeners every day. We may not know you personally by name, but we do uh, mention you in prayer and as well those who are persecuted around the world for believing in Jesus. We pray that uh, he will protect the uh, the persecuted church. The first question uh, comes from Pepsi-Cola, Florida. And the lady uh, writes, uh, her name is Ginger. And her question is, why are there two different versions of Judas's death? And she quotes here uh, Acts chapter 1. Uh, verses 18 and 19, and the end she referred to Matthew 27, uh, verses 3 through 5. So what I really want to do here is read uh, these verses so everybody listening uh, will know what she's referring to. And I'm going to back up just a little bit here. Acts chapter 1, starting in verse 15, says, At this time Peter stood up in the midst of the brethren. A gathering of about 120 persons was there together and said brethren the scripture had been uh, fulfilled which the Holy Spirit foretold by the mouth of David concerning Judas who became a guide to those who arrested Jesus verse 17 for he was counting counted among us and received his share in the ministry now this man verse 18 acquired a field with the price of his wickedness and Falling headlong, he burst open in the middle, and all of his intestines 
gushed out. And it became known to all who lived in Jerusalem, so that on their, in their own language that field is called the field of blood. For it was written in the book of Psalms, Let his homestead be made desolate, and let no one dwell in it, and let another man take his office. Okay, now we're going to switch over here and read Matthew 27. I hope you have a Bible. Please do follow along. Uh, Matthew chapter 27, and she refers to verses 3 and 5. Again, it's Matthew 27, verses uh, 3 and 5 that she refers to, and we're going to begin reading in verse 3, and I am reading from the New American Standard Update. Then when Judas, who betrayed him, saw that he had been condemned. He felt remorse and returned the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priest and elder, saying, I have sinned by betraying innocent blood. But they said, What is that to us? See, see to that yourself. And he threw the pieces of silver into the temple sanctuary and departed, and he went away and hanged himself. And so both accounts really give this idea that uh, Judas did hang himself. Judas uh, did show some remorse, but he, he showed it to the wrong people. He should have really shown it uh, to God or to Jesus. So there is this assumption, I guess, as, um, for some people, that there's a contradiction between Acts chapter 1 and Matthew 27 concerning uh, Judas. But I think just removed pretty quickly when we take a closer look at the text. What we are dealing with here is one of the principles of interpretation. When we study material that has been repeated elsewhere, we must remember that one account of an event can be different from another one without being uh, really any kind of contradiction. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they all tell uh, the story in the life, the ministry, and the mission of Jesus. There are many differences in, in the four accounts, but no proven uh, contradiction. Difference might be simply uh, be in the sense that one account provides additional information, and this information may be supplementarily or supportive in the, in the uh, description that's going on. Uh, in Matthew chapter 27, verse 5, we read that, that Judas went out and hanged himself. And that the 30 pieces of silver uh, returned by Judas was used to purchase Potter's Field as a, a burial place for strangers uh, or for people or family who had no money to, to do the burial. And it was called a field of blood because the silver was uh, blood money. And you can read that in the first 10 verses of Matthew chapter 27. And then over in Acts uh, chapter 1, we read through 16 through 20, Peter recounts the, the story of uh, Judas and the purchase of Potter's Field, but he adds an interesting uh, supplementary type fact, that the body of Judas fell headlong in the, in the same field and burst open. Uh, this gives a second reason for calling the field uh, a field of blood. Matthew told us how Judas uh, died, and Peter tells us what happened to his body. Uh, Judas is eventually allowed to, uh, to hang until 
the body apparently decomposes to the point of pulling loose from the rope and falling to the ground. Or by the time someone cut the, uh, his, the rope from the body and such, the body was in a bad condition. Uh, and when the body hit the ground, it, it burst open when it made contact with the ground. But it was the one in insane field that was purchased with the silver. And always looking for the harmony that exists in the scriptures. Uh, you will find explanations that appear to be contradictions. And again, even in real life, if, if you witness a, a traffic accident in your hometown and there's four or five people uh, who claim they saw it, I guarantee you, if you would read their statements, it would be very similar, but there would be something different about them as well. It doesn't mean the five people are lying. They were just at a different viewpoint. Uh, maybe they have a better way of recalling things, whatever. But again, I, I think that should put that to rest for you. I, I certainly hope that it does. And I thank you uh, again for emailing that question. I actually had that question several times years earlier in my ministry uh, before we started a podcast. And it was good to kind of go back through that. So I appreciate the question and may God bless you. And please keep listening. Our next question actually comes out of South Korea. Uh, the name was withheld, and uh, and that's fine. We we will not put your name on the air if you request it. And the, her, his or her question uh, is this: Isn't a person who practices adultery as bad as a person practicing homosexuality? People act like the latter is much worse. Please explain. Okay, uh, this is a typical question in our day and time when we're being told everything's okay, uh, you can't help things, uh, you're born a certain way. Uh, and the Bible doesn't teach that at all. The Bible actually teaches God made male and female. And really the whole purpose of male and female, the short answer is to make babies uh, for the next generation. And that's actually the first command that Adam and Eve were given in the Bible, was to go have children. Adultery, uh, sexual immorality, homosexuality, they're all sins. And it, I'm going to read here First Timothy chapter 1, so if you have a Bible, you can flip over there. Um, I'm not going to read this list out of 1 Corinthians chapter 6, uh, around nine, verses 9 and 10. There's a list there as well. But sexual immorality, fornication, in general terms, which includes all types of sexual sins, including perversions of that. Okay, and so we here we have First uh, Timothy chapter one, verses nine and ten, realizing the fact that the law is not made for a righteous person, but for those who are lawless and rebellious, for the ungodly and the sinners for the unholy and profane, for those who kill their fathers or mothers, for murderers, and for immoral men, and homosexuals, and kidnappers, and liars, and perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound teaching according to the glorious gospel of blessed God, which I have been entrusted. Okay, so here is Paul. He's writing to Timothy, a very young preacher. 
and encouraging him. Uh, this is nothing new. We think this is a, a new problem in our world. Uh, homosexuality has been around clear back to the book of Genesis. And God has never, ever put his approval on it at all. There's nowhere you can find that. So, but back kind of to the question, the adultery is usually thought of as a sexual sin committed by a man and a woman who are married to someone else. Their act uh, is a natural sex act, but it's with the wrong person. Thus, they are guilty of breaking their marriage uh, and their covenant or, or their bond, depending on, uh, I guess, your culture or background. But homosexuality is a sex act between two people of the same sex, and this is not normal uh, or natural. And we're going to go read Romans chapter 1 here in just a moment. Uh, this is a perversion. It, it is condemned as being uh, degrading, it is dishonoring to God, and as being an act uh, of a depraved mind. And so, Romans chapter 1, verses uh, 24 and 28 say this, and I'll be reading New American Standard again. Romans chapter 1, verses 24 through 28 read, Therefore God gave them over into the lust of their hearts to impurity, so that their bodies would be dishonored among them. For they exchanged the truth of God for a lie, and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them over to degrading uh, passions, for their women exchanged their natural function, which is unnatural. In the same way, also the men abandoned their natural function of the woman and burned in their own desire toward one another, men with men committing indecent acts and receiving their own persons that do penalty of their error. And so, again, I mean, here is Rome. Rome, if you study Roman history, homosexuality was not uncommon, just like it is on our day and time. It's always been a problem. But again, uh, God has never uh, approved that. The the image, uh, the sexual relationship between a husband and a wife uh, uh, is really what God intended. It's, it's to be honored. It is to be productive. It is to be cherished and, and enjoyed within the confines of marriage between a man and a woman. And maybe, you know, homosexuality perhaps is looked down as being a little worse of the sins, but at the end of the day, uh, breaking God's law is a sin. And so I, I certainly hope that uh, you'll continue to listen to us, and that uh, you will study His Word, and please... Uh, Email me again if you have any, any more questions or need any more help. Okay, our next question comes from Sean. If he's out of Kansas City, Missouri, and he poses a very interesting question, and he did make a very positive statement as well in the email. And I appreciate you, John, listening, and I hope that you always will, and you'll tell others about us. But uh, this question basically was, uh, do Christians have a right to defend themselves in self-defense, giving uh, what's going on uh, around this uh, the United States right now? 
And I know Kansas City is a hotbed. And so uh, I believe as a Christian we have, I have a responsibility to protect our families from physical harm, uh, murder. Uh, and that might even require us to use physical force in order to stop that. You know, if a killer wants to break into a home and threaten the life of uh, your family, I, I know of no scripture that forbids using extreme measures to protect uh, your family and yourself and to take the life of the intruder. It would be a, a crime against one's duty to a family to stand by and watch them be abused, beaten, uh, raped, or killed. Uh, the law against murder, as far as I know, uh, does not apply to such things as self-defense. Uh, if you're in fear of your life or your family's life, uh, the law most places that I'm aware of uh, give you uh, a permission, I guess, for lack of better terms right now, in order to prevent a killer from taking your life or somebody else's life. And so... There's a lot of persecution that goes on against Christians, and that's not what we're really talking about. I don't believe in this question per se. Uh, the persecution that goes on, uh, whether it's verbal attacks, uh, maybe vandalism of your property, uh, destroying your property, uh, you know, that's that's a whole other subject. And somebody's going to email me and, and ask about Matthew 5:39, which says. But I say to you, do not resist him who is evil, but whoever slaps you in one cheek, uh, turn to him the, also the other. And, you know, my granddad, he said he only had a left cheek and a right cheek, and after that, uh, there was no more cheeks to turn to, so then what? But this idea of turning uh, the other cheek is referring to, I, I think, more of a verbal insult and not personal bodily in injury. I mean, somebody honks at you there on I-70 uh, and causes and cuts you off and to get in front of line to to go to the ball game there or whatever. Uh, that kind of stuff, uh, just turn the other cheek. In some circumstances, it, it's best to suffer embarrassment or uh, or be humiliated than it is to fight back. But we, we need to take this, we can take this too far, insist that we cannot defend ourselves or our loved ones from excessive mistreatment. And so we need to be careful with that. In, in Luke 22, verse 35 through 38, in this passage, uh, Jesus will tell his disciples, let him who has no sword sell his robe and go buy one. In verse 36, um, and Jesus appears to be promoting uh, the violent use of a weapon for civil rebellion or, or for self-defense, but the latter is probably more the possibility. He's talking about self-defense. Uh, the former um, is a statement to Pilate, you know, in John chapter 18, verse 36, and and he rebukes Peter as well in this section too, uh, down a little further in verses 50 and 51. Uh, Apparently not all the apostles had swords. I think they said, oh, we have one or two. And and uh, Jesus says, well, that's enough for this group. That's enough. So obviously two swords uh, are not going to do um, a great offensive thing, but it might be enough to scare somebody away 
that they would not rob them or hurt them. And so, uh, I hope, John, this answers your question. Uh, there, there is a section again over in uh, 1 Samuel chapter 30, that whole chapter basically, where King David, uh, while he's out patrolling, uh, doing whatever it is that he was doing at that time, he comes back to Ziklag where he was staying at the time and the city's on fire has been burned. His wives have been taken captive uh, along with his soldiers, uh, wives and, and children. Uh, all their livestock has been taken away. And he will ask God, shall I go after them or do I let this go? And God says, no, go after them. You're, you're going to overtake them. And that's exactly what uh, King David does. He takes about 600 men. Uh, 200 of them get tired along the way and they, they need to rest. But So 400 men continue on. And they do. They overtake them. And Noah think nothing of King David's uh, or his family or whatever is lost. Everybody gets their wives and their children back and their livestock. Um, everything is recovered. And so, again, uh, this shows me it's kind of a self-defense type idea uh, that you have a biblical right to, to protect uh, your family uh, as well. Well, John, I hope this answers your question. Again, thank you for listening. Okay, our next question has to do with demon possession. Was it really true in the time of Jesus? Did he really cast out demons? Uh, the person did not give their name or their location, where they listened from, so that's okay. Uh, eight of the 35 miracles that Jesus uh, would do involved casting out of evil spirits from uh, possessed people. And uh, most of those... Uh, you can find it in, in Mark chapter 1, chapter 5, chapter 7, chapter 9, in Luke chapter 8, 11, 13, and in Matthew chapter 9. So, some of these people were afflicted people they, they called uh, demonic. They had diseases which were attributed to evil spirits inhabiting them. And when... Uh, they were exercised, I guess that's how you pronounce that, that the disease would automatically uh, left. We need to understand that Jesus did not simply accommodate a mythical belief by pretending to cast out demons. They actually really did exist. And they still exist today. Those who had demons were not merely uh, had some invaded type personality in some instances, they had more than one spirit uh, inhabiting the same person. These demons are, are represented in Scripture as uh, one, uh, Jesus, knowing Jesus was the Son of God and they feared him. Uh, you can read that over and over again. Uh, the second one, they, they belonged to the kingdom of the evil one. Uh, thirdly, as passing through uh, waterless places. And four, as awaiting torment in the abyss. And, and, and lastly, fifth, as having a separate personality from those whom they dwelled. Uh, those evil or unclean spirits may be classified as belonging to the same family as, as fallen angels or the devil's angels. Uh, they are and all organized as principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual hosts of wickedness against whom we as humans 
have to struggle. And so I want to read here a couple of different uh, verses for you. And the first one is going to be Matthew chapter 12. Matthew chapter 12, and then we're going to read Matthew uh, chapter 25. Okay, so Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 through 45. And here's Jesus talking. Now, when the unclean spirit goes out of a man, it passes through waterless places seeking rest. It does not find it. Verse 44. Then it says, I will return to my house from which I came. And when it comes, it finds it unoccupied, swept, and put in order. Then it goes and takes along with it seven other spirits, more wicked than itself. And they go and live there. And the last state of that man becomes worse than the first. That is, the way it will be with this evil generation. And in Matthew uh, 25, verse 41. Again, this is Jesus talking. Uh, Matthew 25, verse 41. Then he says to those on his left, uh, Depart from me, accursed ones, and to the eternal fire which has been prepared for the devil and his angels. And so uh, Jesus speaks as demons, uh, evil spirits, as being very real. Uh, They are not friendly to those uh, who are human trying to uh, worship God. For those of us, we're all created in the image of God, and they hate God, and so they're going to do all they can uh, to to try to hurt uh, people. And one last uh, verse or two here, I like to read. It's in Second Peter, Second Peter chapter two, starting at verse four. Here's the apostle Peter writing: For if God did not spare angels when they sinned, but cast them into hell and committed them to the pits of darkness reserved for judgment, and did not spare the ancient world, preserved uh, preserved Noah, a preacher of righteousness, with seven others, when he brought the flood upon the ungodly. If he condemned the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to the destruction by reducing them to ashes, having them made example of them who live ungodly lives thereafter. And he goes on to talk about the day of judgment coming and so even even the uh, the fallen angels will be judged on on the day of judgment I hope that answers your your question uh, yes demons are real uh, I would certainly hope that nobody listening is entertaining them or trying to bring them into our lives but rejecting them and allowing the blood of Christ and the light of Christ shine in your life it is your only way and your only defense is to let God defend you. You've got to know his word. You've got to believe who he is and, and engage a relationship with Christ. And that's, that's not always easy, not even for the speaker. And so we need to, to know what God says. And yes, we need to know what's real and what is not real. And there's so much teaching out there that is false teaching. Uh, if it's not from heaven, then it's from hell. And we need to, to know that. We need to understand that. And this is why I always encourage my listeners, every podcast, to open your Bible and follow along. That way you know that we're teaching straight from the Word of God. Well, I certainly hope that this uh, 
Bible question answers uh, are helpful to you. Hope they encourage you. Uh, go home and uh, listen to it again and get in a little deeper thought over over uh, the questions that were asked. If you have a, a question that you would like to be answered over the podcast, please submit it through our contact us page at biblicalquestion.com or you can email us at biblicalquestion at gino.com and that will get us directly to us as well. I want to thank you again for listening. Please tell your friends and family about us. Be sure to tune in again next week. Set up your podcast app to to alert you when we release. That way you get a automatic update that the new podcast has been released. We generally try to release them uh, Saturday uh, late afternoon, very early evening, Chicago time, for those listening around the world, Central time, and that should uh, help you uh, watch for us. Again, please visit our webpage, go to that prayer request page, and write those people's names down and pray for them. They, they sincerely have asked for help in prayer, and let's do our best to honor them. Again, thank you for listening, and may God have glory.